Welcome to episode 3 of my podcast, Merch Motel Radio. I got myself a glass of water. I'm sitting down. I'm ready to talk. What am I going to talk about? I'm not sure yet. I think I'm just going to talk about my trip to Vegas. I just got back yesterday. But by the time this gets released, I don't know how many days it would have been. So my last episode, I finished it by talking about that building that's for sale slash lease in Las Vegas. And I don't know what's going to happen to it. What a nice transition, I guess, from that episode to this episode. So Friday after work, I was like, you know what? I want to go to Las Vegas. Um, So tomorrow on Saturday, I'm just going to drive there, do my thing, take photos, and then sleep there for one night and drive back on Sunday. So that's what I did. It was more of like a fun road trip. Um, So I'm going to go into detail, I guess, and just talk about the cool places I visited from Saturday morning to Sunday night. Okay, let's get into it. So Saturday morning before we headed out to Vegas, I went to an antique show in Glendale. It's called the All-American Collectors Show and it was in Glendale and it happens twice a year. Also, the day before I went, I posted a photo of a vintage postcard of Disneyland of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. It was very cute. And um, I posted this. I had never seen that postcard before, I don't think. And so I posted on my Instagram. I was like, oh, cute. And then the next day at the antique show, someone was actually selling that postcard. Very crazy coincidence, so I bought it. At the antique show, they had a lot of cool stuff. Like, they had the elephant car wash coupons, old cigarettes, vintage Halloween graphics. Like, it was more like paper products with the graphics and illustrations of old Halloween designs on them. A lot of vintage Disney memorabilia, store displays. Something really cool was there was an Oscar the Orange toy. And Oscar the Orange is like Mr. Potato Head's friend. Fun fact about Mr. Potato Head is when he was first introduced, he's a toy by Hasbro. When he was first introduced, he didn't come with like a potato plastic toy in the case. It only came with like the body parts, like the ears and eyes and nose. And you would use a potato from the kitchen in your house to play with it. So you would play with a real potato and just like put the body parts on the potato, which is so cute. So I saw the packaging for this and I was like, oh my gosh, Oscar the orange. And I was like, wait, does it come with just like the the eyes and stuff? And I opened it and it actually came with a plastic orange and it also came with a plastic potato. I guess by then they had already introduced like the actual heads that you plug the parts into. You don't actually go into your like your kitchen and steal the fruit from your parents, you know? But yeah, that's Mr. Potato Head. Look at old photos and advertisements of Mr. Potato Head. Some of it can be creepy, but it's it's fun. It's like charming. I don't know. I love it. There's a video I've posted before, it's like a commercial from Hasbro of Mr. Potato Head and his friends and I think there was like a zucchini and stuff because you can like plug the pieces onto different fruits and vegetables. So there was a lot of like Felix the Cat, Popeye, Betty Boop stuff. Betty Boop is queen, I love her. Oh, okay, Wrigley's Gum. I, I love the old mascot of Wrigley's Gum. There's a lot of cute little like illustrations of him and a lot more beautiful vintage advertisements and displays. It was very cute. I'm definitely going to go to the next showing. We were there for maybe an hour or a little over an hour. And then we were like, okay, let's start our little road trip to Vegas. So we leave Glendale, California to go to Las Vegas. We pretty much only made one major stop and it was in Baker, California. There is an abandoned motel there that I've never really explored or taken photos of, but I would always drive by it. And every time I drive by it, I'm like, okay, next time I go to Vegas, I have to stop by here. I have to stop. And I just like never do it. So this time I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to do it. So we pull over to Baker. And there's a motel and it's called the Royal Hawaiian Motel. It is completely abandoned from what it seems, you know, you can tell it caught fire. 
it started deteriorating just standing there and it makes me so sad because the architecture of that place is so beautiful i'm gonna get into it right now oh my gosh there's so much to say the main building and the neon signage are like the same shape i don't know how to explain it the building curves up it's almost like a it's not an a-frame building it like curves up the building was built in the 1950s and it's like sort of in the halfway point i guess between los angeles and las vegas but the signage is so cool. What's really interesting is I went out of the car, you know, and I went up close to take photos and it looks like the glass tubing of the neon sign is still intact. It's not like broken off. It's super high up, but it's just interesting that it's remained like that all these years. Obviously the building is like deteriorating. All the paint on the sign is like chipped off. The sign is deteriorating. There's the main lobby and all the additional buildings. They're all sort of, you know, vandalized, deteriorating, all that. Um, and when you like peek inside the windows and stuff, everything is like either burned or all destroyed or just like creepy looking. So of course I took a bunch of photos. I started out, I w okay, there's two signs. There's a second sign that looks like it was most likely added later on and it's just like a sign and on it it's paint, um, it says Royal Hawaiian Motel. It doesn't have neon and it looked like it probably originally did at first, but it's just like a painted sign. Next to that is like one of the additional um, buildings with all of the rooms inside. And the building sort of like curves towards the main lobby. So when you're walking on the sidewalk, I guess, right by the room, sort of the outdoor hallway, um, you, as you're walking to the lobby, it's really cool. It like curves and then you eventually see the lobby with its beautiful um, rooftop. And I'm gonna post photos of all of this on my Instagram, Merch Motel Radio. Anyway, there's all these um, diamonds painted on the like support columns of the hotel room building. I don't know like all the proper terms for this stuff. I just talk. <laughs> but yes, all of the rooms are just like abandoned and creepy looking. But yeah, this one room had like all this paperwork on the ground. Half of it was like burned. And as you're walking, like I started at the end of this building opposite to where the lobby is because I want to walk from there to the lobby to like get that experience, I guess. So I checked the back rooms first. And as you're walking, you just see like each room is different, right? And by different, I mean like it's sort of destroyed in a different way. So one room has a um, just a mattress on the ground. Other room has a toilet seat that's like all broken and destroyed in the bedroom area. The other room will have the dresser that's completely turned around. And then you keep walking and then you see like this room is stacked fully with just trash and you like cannot even like see it. Some of the doors were closed. I didn't want to like open it and touch it and stuff, but I was just sort of like peeking through everything. And I didn't go into any of the rooms or anything except one. Cause I was like, you know what? Like I want to see the layout of these rooms. So I walked inside and um, I was just curious of the layout, like where the bathroom and closet is and stuff. And I go and like, there's a small bathroom and it looked so scary. Like, <laughs> cause like, you know, everything's just like destroyed. Like the toilet seat is just taken off. Everything is all over the place. It wasn't like scary to do. It's just like the vibe of it. It's like, oh, creepy. So I'm walking and there's all these like teal colored diamonds on the columns and it's cute. And then you like see the first Royal Hawaiian Motel sign, the one that's like not the main one. Oh, and inside of the bedrooms as well, the hotel rooms, motel rooms, um, there's like painted palm trees. I guess that's part of the decor on the walls. But of course, it's like all like graffiti is all over it and stuff. But some rooms just has like a chair just sitting there and then underneath, underneath the chair, it's just all trash and it's just like all over the place. So then you keep walking and you see the main building. And what's pretty wild is like there's all of these palm trees like all around the main lobby and like just scattered around the property. And all of them are like dead, I guess, like the top portion of the palm tree is just like cut off. Does that make sense? So it's these like really tall, skinny, like 
trunks of the palm trees just all over the property with the abandoned motel it's such a weird sight and it's sad to see it because you're just like oh this place was probably so beautiful and so like fun to visit back in the day i would assume it was built in the 1950s um i kept talking about the rooftop like i'm like it's so nice with the signage next to it it's just so mm, beautiful and so i go up close take photos of the sign take photos with the sign oh my gosh and there was like the bun boy diner sign i didn't know what that was i'll get into that so anyways i'm like okay this lobby is like really nice so i walk towards the lobby and i decide to peek inside the window and of course like the entire floor is just completely filled with like trash it's like destroyed and i looked up and when you look up at the ceiling it is so beautiful it's so pretty i didn't get a good photo that captures it but i'm gonna post the photos i did take it's sexy like that's the only way i can describe it because when you look up the ceiling is like not destroyed and that building didn't catch fire like the other building did the ceiling is like wooden and it's it curves up to the center and you look up and it's just like very 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 beautiful and i was like oh my god the ceiling look at it um so i was honestly mesmerized by that ceiling because i wasn't expecting to see that and if like I, I don't know like i looked up i wasn't expecting to see like such a nice almost like clean ceiling you know and it made that place feel more real if that makes sense you can feel like this really was somewhere that people came and they would check in and just hang out and sleep here maybe they were on a road trip it was probably built for that you know like on a road trip from los angeles to las vegas or whatever and and now it's just sitting there dying, you know, the property is dying. Um, I don't know if the property is for sale and I don't know anything about it, but I'm sure if it ever does get sold, I would assume they would just demolish the buildings. So appreciate it while you can, you know. Um, I definitely will stop by there again if I drive to Vegas anytime soon because it's really pretty and I want to get better photos to capture the charm and personality of that place. But yeah, most of the buildings were boarded up, but portions of it were not. They were like broken into or just like the glass was shattered and like you can see inside or walk inside. But when you pay attention to the signage, the signage is in like pretty good condition considering it's been just sitting there abandoned. It's so pretty, I really love it. I want it to just be like restored somehow. Can someone just buy it and restore it please? And across the signage there's like bamboo painted on it. And then if you look into the rooms of the motel, um, the dressers that are like thrown against the wall or turned upside down, the drawers on the dressers have that like bamboo detailing as well. I had my like film camera, it's just a point and shoot film camera. Um, but when I went to Universal Studios here in Los Angeles, I didn't realize there's like x-ray machines for their bag check. So I put my bag in like a tray and like gave it to them and then they put it through the x-ray machine. I was like, oh shoot, um, my camera's in there. I totally forgot, like I didn't realize. So I took this camera with me to Vegas and I'm like, I don't know if the film is all messed up now. So I used the film in that camera to take photos of this motel. So I hope they turned out cool. I mean, like, I'm just hoping the film didn't turn out black. I don't know anything about cameras, honestly, which is weird because I'm always taking pictures. Like, I don't know anything. But I'm hoping as long as the picture shows that's all i care about like i actually like it when the film gets sort of all messed up and looks wild i like that so we were in baker and they have the world's tallest 
I keep mixing up thermometer and thermostat, but it's a thermometer, right? So they have the world's tallest thermometer in Baker. It's just like a tourist spot, but I love that stuff. Like I love like roadside attractions, um, tourist spots and just like wacky stuff or even people who think things are tacky, you know, like tacky spots and stuff. It's so fun. And there's also like just so many cool, beautiful sites as well. I just love stopping at all these places because it's just like, I love that whole road trip fun vibe. Um, okay, so we stopped there. Um, and they built that because it gets really hot in that area. It's in between like two deserts. So it's a fun little destination. Like, let's just build this. But it wasn't hot when we went, thank God, uh, which was nice. It was, according to the picture I took, it was 58 degrees. And they had like a pan with like fake eggs outside. Like, is it really hot enough to cook an egg outside? Oh, so it's a skillet with eggs and it says like the skillet temperature would have to be 158 degrees for it to actually cook eggs. That's cute. And they had a gift shop with merch. Outside of the shop, they had the sign of the original Bun Boy restaurant established in 1926. And there's a little character of Mr. Bun Boy holding a huge burger. And by the Royal Hawaiian Motel across the street, sort of, there was a Bun Boy sign that was abandoned. And I think they all shut down. There was also a Bun Boy Motel that I noticed and that too looked abandoned. I wasn't too sure, but I'm pretty sure it was abandoned. And there was one more spot in Baker that I wanted to stop by and I've been there before and it is called Alien Fresh Jerky. It is so fun. Everyone needs to go there because it's just so like specific and unique. So the first time I went to Alien Fresh Jerky was a few years ago. I didn't even know it existed. I went with my friends and we saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. What the heck? So I took so many photos. I was blown away. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, why don't more places like this exist? Of course it doesn't exist. I mean, we had cool places, but everything gets destroyed and replaced by a beautiful gray building. So we went and the first time I went, I was like, oh my gosh. And we went to the back and it seemed like there was going to be like construction happening in the back, whatever. So I did some research and I found out that they were going to build a UFO themed hotel in the back and it was going to be like super in theme. I remember reading that like all the workers working there were going to be like dressed as either aliens or like space people. And I was like, this is cool. Uh, I need to stay here. And that's like fun, you know, like back in the day, Everything used to be themed. I always say this, like everything was just either like over the top or like had a cool theme. And this was all because they wanted to attract more people to come and visit. Like Google Architecture, for example, the reason it was designed like that is because they wanted people who are driving to be like, whoa, what is this building? I'm seeing it from my car. <laughs> so I'm going to pull over and check it out because it's cool. Same with neon signs. Um, that's why like signs got more and more bigger and more elaborate because they started competing with each other. This also happened in Vegas. Like a lot of people associate neon signs in Vegas because like, you know, it sort of like blew up in Vegas. Like it got so popular there and all these casinos and hotels and resorts were competing with each other to be like, who can have the biggest sign and the flashiest sign. Let's make it bigger so you can see it from the highways. Let's compete with each other, maybe block the other person's view. Like, you know, so while you're driving, you see the sign like, oh, that's the stardust, let's stay there. And it's like this huge sign that you see while you're driving. Okay, oh my gosh. But over time, this concept, I guess, started to die out. These beautiful works of art started to get destroyed and it got replaced by trash. Um, but honestly, like developers need to realize, but they don't care, but like they need to realize like this stuff sort of making a comeback. They should care because like money, you know, I guess it's cheaper. Just build like a large cube and paint it gray and then like 
slap a business's name on it and then when you want to sell the property just take that cheap sign off paint it a lighter shade of gray and sell the property and then do the same thing over and over again i'm tired of it <laughs> so back to alien fresh jerky i found out about this hotel and i'm like oh my gosh i can't wait till this opens i will spend money and stay here because i respect this so much i think it's just like family owned i think it's incredible that they're gonna do this and like that's the thing i feel like themed things are coming back, you know? But it was so cool that they're doing this because this is sort of like what they did back then. People on Route 66, you know, like you're driving your car and stuff were themed or stuff looked cool. So like when you're on this road trip, you want to pull over. So when I found out Alien Fresh Jerky, which is in Baker and it's sort of the in-between point of LA and Las Vegas is like building this hotel. I was like, oh my gosh, like they're, it's like what they would do in the past and now it's going to happen again in a different way, sort of, but not. It was so cool. I was like, I respect this place. I love this place. Alien Fresh Jerky, check it out. It's really cool. So right now on the site, what it is, is they, I think that they used to be located somewhere else. I have the worst memory, which is funny because like, I always post about like historical things, but I always forget everything. <laughs> so yeah, hey. So right now, if you go, there is one big gift shop. The building is actually themed like spaceship themed. There's literally aliens like all across the parking lot, like giant aliens. I love the ones that are holding like a peace sign. Um, and I think there's like street lights sort of. The aliens are on the street lights in the parking lot all around. And outside of the gift shop, there's cars slash spaceships like parked in the parking lot. And inside of the spaceships, there's aliens inside and outside. It's so cute. And what's really cool is the building actually has like lights, like LED lights sort of installed inside the building. Behind the building, there's a little, like uh, there's another little spaceship type of building. And on top of it, there's a UFO with an alien. Dude, it's awesome. I love that they fully went out with this theming and people don't really make stuff like this anymore. So it's incredible. And things that used to exist like this in the past are either abandoned, destroyed, don't exist, no one cares about it. So it's amazing that there's sort of like a modern day take on the classic roadside attraction. You know, I love roadside attractions a lot. Um, so in the back of the gift shop, there's a little like snack cafe area. Um, they were closed when we went. I don't know if they're open or what hours they're open if they or if they ever are open. I haven't seen it open every time I go. But there is like alien themed snacks, like a pretzel shaped like an alien and all this stuff. It's really cute. And then next to the cafe, there's these like space type of columns slash pillars with lights that are like lit. It's so amazing all the attention to detail for something that's like behind the main building, you know? And oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I love it. Okay, guys, listen, like all of the historic architecture in our cities, it's like we're lucky if we have them and then like they just destroy them, right? Like no one cares. So like we should get excited when something quote unquote funky or, you know, weird pops up because we don't get stuff like that. And and like I feel like these sort of charming, cool places that we do have is stuff that's from the past and we're fortunate that we still have it today. So I really love when places do create something new. That is something that's so special like this, something that's just uncommon. Even like the Cabazon dinosaurs, right? Like that's not new, but it's incredible we have that. And I know some people probably are just like, okay, it's just like dinos giant dinosaurs. No, it's awesome. And it plays into that whole like Americana roadside attraction, road trip, you know, that whole culture, which we don't really have anymore. We do, but it's like an uglier, sadder, boring version of it, you know? So I love when, when something new like this comes up. It's like 
full-on theming. It's really cool to see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Do I sound crazy? <laughs> yeah, I do. But it is what it is. Okay. So behind the cafe is where they were building the hotel. So this last time I went, like to yesterday, to the day before, I don't know, two days ago when I went, it looked like a lot of work was done. Like the building was being built. And again, it was in theme. It wasn't just like a block building. So I was like, oh, I don't know the construction stop, whatever. I go inside the gift shop and it had been updated since the last time I went. They have like an alien fortune telling machine, you know, a little bench with an alien on it that you can take a picture with, all this cool stuff. And they're known for their beef jerky, their alien jerky, alien fresh jerky. And they have tons of flavors that you can buy um, and like a variety of stuff, alien memorabilia, exclusive merchandise. It's so cute. I just love that whole experience. And so I asked them like if the hotel was going to be built or what happened. And they told me that the hotel, um, ever since COVID hit, they stopped construction on the hotel. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So they don't really know when it's going to be built. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I think like when I first read about the hotel being built, um, fast forward to today, technically, I think it was going to be like open by now. But I guess because of COVID and stuff, they didn't open. I'm like, that really sucks. I hope they're able to eventually finish the hotel. I, I would love to stay there and just like and geek out about the fact that like we have a new fun roadside attraction. Am I being over dramatic about alien fresh jerky? I don't think I am. I think it's rad. Honestly, it's very cool. So I got my photos with a few aliens and we got back in the car and continued our drive to Las Vegas. The first stop I want to make was the Wholesome Bakery because I want to take photos of it at nighttime and we were only going to be there for one night and I didn't know what time they were going to shut off the neon and if the neon was still lit. I want to say thank you to every single person who sent me an update or photo or message about the neon sign letting me know that it was still lit. So I was excited to see it and I was just like, oh, I hope that it is on when I get there. So we got there and I took a ton of photos and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know like how much film is in my camera. Cause like, I don't know. So I took like, I kept taking photos on my camera, like and the film wouldn't finish. Um, and I had to finish the film cause I wanted to put in the new film. Um, because you know, it went through the x-ray machine, whatever. So we'll see what happens. So I took photos of that and then I changed out the film, took more photos, took a photo on my Polar camera and then took photos on my digital camera, took photos on my iPhone, crazy. And I was just like, wow, this sign is incredible. The typography, the F, the letter F on the word fresher of the sign, like it says fresher. The letter F is so elegant, if I may say that. Um, the letter S on the wholesome sign, you know, it's made of red neon, but it was like the neon tube. It was like two separate tubes. And one of them was more like a pink tone and the other portion of the S was like more red. So it was cool to see in person. I don't think you can really tell in photos. And then there's a clock on the left side of the building. It's huge and it's backlit. You don't see like neon tubes on the clock, but when you look like from the side, it's lit by actual neon. It's not lit by like LEDs. So I was like, I respect that. So yes, very cute, very nice. It has red, green and blue neon and all the lettering is hand painted on the building. It's so cute. The first time I saw that sign was years ago. We were taking an Uber to downtown Las Vegas. I saw it from the car. I was talking to the Uber driver. He was really nice and he was just like talking to us about Vegas. I was like, yeah, I really like the um, the signs and stuff here. Um, and he was like, yeah, uh, the only ones that need to be updated are Flamingo and Circus Circus. He's like, they're so old. They need to demolish it and build new, new stuff there. And I was like, no, like that's the ones I love. And he was so confused. I'm like, listen, like it's beautiful. 
Anyways, <laughs> like those are the two only two good ones, you know, that are sort of left on the strip. Well, not really, but also, yeah. Okay. So all that happened a few years ago. And now fast forward to my trip from a few days ago. So we were at the Wholesome Bakery and we spent what felt like three years there because I was just like looking at it for so long. We went to downtown Las Vegas and we went to the Vermont Street District. I'm not sure what it's called. We walked around, took some photos, admired all the beautiful historic neon, and then played some slots, lost some money, grabbed a beer, and then we went to the Neon Museum. That museum is beautiful. Of course, I'm gonna say that. It's neon signs and historical artifacts on display. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's so... Okay, listen. It's so sick because you're driving around downtown, sick in a good way. So you're driving around downtown Las Vegas and like there's all these like old neon signs that are from old buildings or like businesses and stuff. And I'm not talking about the ones that are in the museum. I'm talking about the ones that are like on the streets surrounding the museum. And like the first time you see it, like if you don't know, you're gonna just think it's like, you know, from the businesses and stuff. And I've had that, I think like the first time I saw one of them, that's what I thought. And then I realized like, wait, no. It, the signs are fully restored and they're lit up at night, real vintage signs. So as you're like driving to the museum, you see like signs here and there, like the silver slipper, there's a cleaner's sign, a few motel signs, and it's all from the Neon Museum and they like restored it and displayed it. So then you go to the Neon Museum and they have like the Neon Boneyard, that's what it's called. Like all, okay, that's where like all the neon signs are. So I made a TikTok video about this. Um, and the main entrance of the museum is this like incredible building. It sort of resembles a shell. Um, that's what it's inspired by and there's a reason. And I'm gonna go into a little bit of history behind that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, this is how I'm gonna do it so it like makes more sense. I'm gonna tell you the history of this incredible motel that was located on the strip in Las Vegas. I wanna say it was near Circus Circus, like across the street a little bit down. It was the La Concha Motel. It opened in 1961 in Las Vegas and it was designed by architect Paul Williams. He was also one of the architects that designed the LAX Steam Building. I've talked about it before, probably in one of my podcasts as I'm like saying 300 words at once because I'm like freaking out and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love all these buildings. But I need to do an episode where I focus on that, the history of that building. Okay, so the LAX Steam Building is a beautiful googie building at the LAX airport. It was a restaurant and all that, and now it's just like sitting there. So this is what I wrote on my Instagram caption, but the La Concha Motel is a beautiful example of Googie architecture. The building signage plus name all work together for the theming of the motel because La Concha literally translates to the shell. The motel closed in 2004. Fortunately, the lobby was donated to the Neon Museum and they raised a ton of money to relocate the building. The building was divided into pieces, relocated and reassembled in its new home. It now serves as the entrance to the beautiful Neon Museum in Las Vegas. I think the building was made of like concrete too. So like, that's a lot of work. So when you enter the Neon Museum, you enter through this historic, beautiful building and they have sort of like the front desk. In case you're lost, because I don't know if I'm making sense, the building of the Neon Museum, like the entrance of it, was originally a motel on the Strip in Las Vegas, and it was the main lobby of the motel. So now when you enter the museum, you have like the front desk um, where you can like buy tickets and stuff and ask questions. And behind the front desk, 
I think it's like a resin plastic sign that hangs on the wall behind the front desk. The sign is like the logo of the motel that was also donated to the museum, I think, and they restored it and it's hanging on the wall in the same spot it was hanging when it was a lobby. So it's so amazing how they did that. Like, I love that. The display sign that was inside the lobby of the motel was saved. It hangs in the same spot it did before. And also parts of the original neon signage were also saved and can be seen in the boneyard. So we did a guided tour when we went, which was a nighttime tour and a a lot of the signs are lit up. They restored a lot of the incredible neon signs and they tell you like the history behind it all. It's really cool. The La Concha Motel sign, they have like the base. It was like a huge, huge sign. And it says like, it said like Motel, M-O-T-E-L. And they have the M-O-T of the sign and like the, the base that says La Concha, but they don't have the E and L cause that sort of like disappeared. Like no one knows where it is. So it was most likely like destroyed when the hotel shut down and when the sign was taken down, you know? Um, so yeah, they have like parts of the original neon sign on display and the way the boneyard, that's what they call it, the boneyard where all the signs are. But the way they have all the signs laid out in the boneyard is really cool. Like one section is like, the strip slash downtown Vegas and then like they have motel row so it's all the old motel signs then they have like the small business sign section and I didn't realize it was laid out like that I learned that on the guided tour and I'd never taken a guided tour before so it was really cute to see oh I'll also post like photos of uh, the lobby of the museum and like the original motel so you guys can see the Moulin Rouge sign is so beautiful Yes, I say beautiful about everything, but everything is like beautiful, you know what I mean? First of all, it's like a hot pink neon, which I love. I love pink neon. Mm. I didn't know that Moulin Rouge was literally only open for five months before it shut down. It's crazy. And also like every time I go anywhere, like every time I go to Vegas, I see something new and I learn something new, but I also have the worst memory. So I forget and then I relearn it and I'm like, oh yeah, did I know that? I don't know if I did, but yeah. Okay. There was this one sign. It was like city center motel. And on top of it, there was like silhouettes of like buildings. It was really cute. And then like you see like no vacancy signs everywhere and like color TV signs. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh, and the sassy Sally sign. Wow. And the Yuka sign. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm like going through my photos and I'm just like <laughs> saying everything, but you guys, wow, 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 wow. Also, um, something else about neon signs that's really cool that I learned from the Museum of Neon Art in Glendale. I love them so much. Like I'm always shouting them out. They are incredible. Neon became so popular in Las Vegas, right? Everyone started to associate neon with Vegas. Like when you think of Vegas, you think of like all the lights and stuff. That also meant everyone started associating neon signage with casinos, gambling, drinking, all that stuff. So then a lot of people started to view neon signs in like a different way and a lot of businesses started to not have neon signs because they didn't want to be associated with like Las Vegas culture. Does that make sense? One of my favorite signs in the collection is the happy shirt sign. It was a dry cleaning business in Las Vegas and it's like an animated um, shirt uh, with a happy face on it. And the story of that neon sign goes that the owner of the business, his daughter was just doodling and she drew a happy face on his shirt. And he was like, I like that. I'm going to use that as the mascot of my business. And he made an animated neon sign inspired by that little drawing. I already loved that design so much and that made me love it even more. And they had a milkman neon sign. I dressed as a milkman for Halloween. That was one of my costumes. I love the whole like milkman concept. Oh, they had the Stardust sign. Oh baby, twinkling light bulbs on all the letters. 
The lettering of the Stardust is so nice, like the sharp angles, mm, so good. And they have a giant B, so I took a photo with it because my name starts with a B. So I had a lot of fun at the Neon Museum, obviously, and I went to the gift shop and I was like, cute, fun, la 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 la. And then uh, we went to our hotel to check in. We were staying at the Flamingo. It's a historic, you know, hotel on the strip. They have a beautiful neon sign. I love that the logo really never changed throughout the years. After we checked into the hotel, we decided to walk the strip. There was a really cute in and out. I'd never seen this in person. I didn't even know it looked like this, but it's cute. They had a bunch of neon signs outside. One of the signs was based off their first ever sign, the one that says no delay. I talk about that in my previous episode, so it's a full circle moment, baby. But it was cute. They had the in and out hamburger sign that says no delay, and then they had their like arrow sign, and it was all neon with light bulbs, very cute. And then we walked the strip and I got really tired and I was like, okay, let's go back to the hotel. So to recap, on Saturday morning, we went to the antique show in Glendale, California, and then drove to Baker, California, checked out the abandoned motel, visited the world's largest thermometer, went to outer space, AKA alien fresh jerky, and then drove to Vegas, saw the wholesome bakery signage, went to downtown Las Vegas, then the Neon Museum, then checked into our hotel, and then walked the strip and walked back to our hotel. So I was exhausted and excited to sleep. So the next morning we got up early and we went to the Mob Museum. This was my first time going there. I was really excited because like I've seen people post photos of it. I know they have a lot of like historic artifacts on display and I didn't know the museum was in a historical building which made it even more incredible. Like it was so beautifully restored. I don't know if they restored it or it was just like kept in a beautiful state but it just made the whole experience so much better that museum is laid out in such an incredible way and the whole experience from start to finish is very well done the entire atmosphere so many of the historical elements of the building are still there um the way it's all laid out everyone was so nice so the building was a courthouse and also a post office but you go and they have all of the original um old little post office like mailing boxes um like still there they didn't remove it and then right next to that there was um ticket booths and even the ticket booths were like I asked them if it was like original um, from when it was a courthouse or a post office. Um, they weren't too sure. So it was sort of the history of Las Vegas and the mobs in Vegas. And it was really informative. I learned so much. Like it kept you interested. They did such a great job. You go at your own pace. If you've never been, I highly recommend you go. We were there for two hours because we sort of take our time. There was like a vintage phone installed on the wall. And we're, we asked the worker about it. And she said that's original to the building. I was like, how cute the fact that that's still there uh they had like old slot machines on display and it tells you the whole history of vegas and how it all began it's interesting it, like i really didn't know the history of las vegas to this extent um and it just talks about how everything really played into the development of las vegas from gambling drinking like they changed laws and a, a lot of these things is what attracted more people to come here and vegas continued to grow and grow i'm gonna read from this little like that they had on display and it says the original plan for las vegas set aside one area block 16 and block 17 for gambling drinking and other vices its saloons aggressively competed for customers 
and some establishments in Block 16 soon took the step of including prostitution. So it talks about like the development of Vegas, its impact in culture, um, vintage Las Vegas, the growth of the mob, prohibition. It was just so much information. Um, it all works together. And the fact that they had so many visuals, they had images, videos, memorabilia, props. It was so well done. Like I loved how they laid everything out. But yeah, I'm not gonna go into like all the rooms and like all the information and everything they had because like you should really go and experience it for yourself. But I wanna talk about about some of the highlights in, um, from this museum that I really loved. The whole section on Prohibition was really interesting. So Prohibition took place on January 17, which is the day I'm recording this actually. And we were at the museum on January 16, yesterday. At the museum, like they have this little clip talking about Prohibition and they have all of this um, real historic props and stuff, like illustrations and all this stuff, right? And I realized like, oh my gosh, we're here on January 16. And January 16, 1920 was the last day that they can legally um, buy, sell, make, or transfer alcohol. One section, that I really loved was um, all the vintage toys on display. And it's always really cool to compare like the development of toys and how it's impacted by present day culture. Like how people were just culturally back in the day, they had different toys they played with. So in the 1930s, there was a cultural shift on the public's perceptions of cops and the government. The newspapers at the time were regularly filled with reports of gang wars and police raids. Not only was this happening in newspapers, but it also started to appear in funny pages and comics. Chester Gould was an American cartoonist and he was really well known for Dick Tracy which was one of his comic strips. And so in his cartoons he began portraying the mob and the government. In his comic he had gangsters and they were portrayed as more grotesque and he also had cops and they were portrayed as savvy and cool because they would fight crime. So it sort of became the good guys versus the bad guys. Government agents, also known as G-men, were fighting against crime and it made them seem cooler to kids. So this impacted toys and we started to get different kinds of toys in this era. Some of the popular ones at the time were handcuffs and like guns and like FBI detective kits. There was even a pencil box and on it it says calling all G-men and all of these toys had G-men written on it and it was all about like fighting the bad guys. And so it was cool to be a cop. So kids, you know, wanted to be cops or like government men um and you're fighting off the bad guys there was like little handguns too and they actually looked like guns back then toys were obviously designed differently there was even like a little police car that says g-man on it it was made of tin it's very cute okay that's enough toy talk for today the exhibit itself was three levels which is crazy you started on the third floor you went to the second floor and then the first floor so they had like this vintage las vegas section which i loved you go in and like the wallpaper is like all the old signs on the strip there was a section on the Flamingo and it's currently the oldest hotel on the Strip and they had an original slot machine on display and it was from 1950. I don't know, they just did such a good job with everything. Like there was even like a little display talking about like how people would cheat and gambling. Okay, and then I had never seen one of these guys in person. I don't know if they have them anywhere in the casino. So they're called like figural slot machines, I think. Um, and in the 50s and 60s, they were really popular in Vegas and Reno and they looked like humans, you know, it was like a life-size man but like the torso was a slot machine that you can use which is awesome and i'm pretty sure they would do this so like they would place them outside of the casino so when you're like walking around you would see like these guys and you take like a photo or something with them and then it would entice you to like go into the casino to gamble more which is sort of like roadside attractions but like you're not in your car you're walking what would you call that walk side attractions i don't know Anyway, after you go through the whole museum, all three levels, 
there's like a speakeasy on the bottom level, like the basement. And you go downstairs and it's beautiful. You can like get some drinks and they did such a good job. Like I can't, I'm like blown away. And there was like an aquarium and like a, a vintage telephone booth. I didn't look at photos of this place at all before I went. So I didn't know what to expect. And I like to do that. I like to like not really know what to expect. And I was blown away. So then after that, we wanted to go to some antique stores. We ended up going to, I think it was called like the mall, the antique mall of America. It it was massive. It was honestly overwhelming. Um, we walked through all of it. We were there for like an hour and a half, probably. I bought some stuff there. And then after that, we drove home. Um, I don't know what time we got home. Probably got home at like 9 p.m. or something. Did you guys ever collect wacky packages? So they made like a new wave of wacky packages in the 2000s. So growing up, I that's like how I was introduced to wacky packages. So I loved them. The first time I ever saw them, I was a kid at a bowling alley. Um, and there was like, you know, those little like coin machines. They were selling like wacky packages and I had no idea what they were and I guess they were like exclusive to those machines and you like put in coins and you like get a sticker out. Do they still have those machines around? I feel like they don't. Um, And it's crazy like how common that was at like every grocery store and now like it's like nowhere. See stuff like that it's so weird how it disappears and like it was like something that like for kids, you would just like go get them a little toy because it was cheap. Why did they get rid of those? I wonder why. Is it just because people don't carry around coins with them as much anymore? They should bring that back. Like, or even bring it back as like a... Because you know how like soda machines accept credit card? What if they did something like that? Because like that's a nice cheap alternative to get a toy for your kid real quick. So wacky packages were stickers and they were like parodies of popular brands. I started collecting them like crazy and I still have like my whole collection. Um, they were really fun and I used to... Like I was, I was a kid and like I used to um, draw my own wacky packages, like make my own like concepts. And I think I still have my little drawings I did when I was a kid of wacky packages. So every time I see wacky packages, I get really nostalgic and I buy them. Um, I went to an estate sale like a couple years ago before like estate sales became super like, you know, trendy and stuff. And I'm only saying that because it was like a lot cheaper to buy stuff. But I bought this like luggage. It was like a vintage luggage. I want to say it was like five to $15, somewhere in that price range. And inside of it was all vintage original like wacky packages in like mint condition i was like what the heck so i kept those tomorrow morning i have work i have a whole week of work and then i'm gonna be going to florida this weekend so i'm really excited about that i want to get this like posted before i go to florida so we'll see if i have time to edit also new stickers in my shop they're really cute i used to have these like tv screen stickers i think they're called like test pattern screens for tvs you know when tvs like they would have all those like color blocks on it and then it would you know what I'm saying? It would have like all those color blocks on it. Yeah, I made stickers of it. Now I made like bigger versions and it's higher quality. It's really cute. And then I have like car wash stickers and like new keychains. I'm really excited about all of it. So it's all in my shop. You can use code radio at checkout to get 15% off. And I need to finish up my roll of film and I have so much film to send out to get developed. And hopefully there's gonna be a really cool pop-up happening in a couple months. I'm gonna be there selling my work. I'll let you guys know when that happens. Oh, and then next month there's gonna be a very cool event that's coming up hopefully and i'm most likely gonna be there too so that will be really fun i'll let you guys know about that too the last event i was a vendor at was the bob baker marionette theater holiday event it was really cute i met so many nice people and like it's just so enjoyable being there i love the whole atmosphere of that place and then before that i think it was designer con so yeah i usually will like be at some events selling stuff meeting people it's really fun i also have an episode coming up that i am collaborating with someone it's gonna be all about 
20th century beauty. So that's a little hint. I'm excited about that. I just keep saying like vague stuff. Okay, blah, 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 blah. All right, well, thanks for tuning into episode three of Merch Motel Radio. I'll be posting photos of what I talk about on my Instagram account, which is the same name as my podcast, Merch Motel Radio. And a lot of the fun items I talked about, you can find them at merchmotel.com. Okay, thanks guys. Peace out.